Welcome to the Billionaire Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Emmett Muckles. Please visit iTunes, Stitcher, or EmmettMuckles.com to listen to all the episodes for free. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Billionaire Lifestyle Podcast with Emmett Muckles. Today is a day that you were given another chance. Sometimes you just have to stop like I just did and be in the moment. Sometimes you have to stop and realize how blessed you are. Sometimes you have to stop and remember gratitude because if you're grateful for the good things that you have, only more of them can come. Remember you are a billionaire. We're gonna get to how you're a billionaire at the end of the show. But first, let's talk about Marilyn Hughes, outofbodytravel.org. This is fascinating to me because, you know, I'm, if you listen to this show, I'm kind of hippy-dippy, as most people would put it. I believe as above, so below. I believe that we are fractal beings, just like the iris of the nebulae in the sky is like the iris in your as above, so below. Everything is connected. Everything is fractal. Being that, when we end, we don't end. So I had to have her on the show. Lady Hughes, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Emmett? I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so glad to connect with you. You know, the first question I typically ask, and I'm going to ask it, but I have so many for you. What got you to now? What got me to now? You know, it's perseverance, really. Uh, you know, um, there is a lot of putting one foot in front of the other and perseverance. And uh, it is that daily gratitude of seeing, you know, those, those simple steps that we take from one, one moment to the next are what leads to uh, what we can become, what we can do, what we can accomplish, what we can achieve, what we can bring to this world. And so, you know, it is that focus, discipline, and the perseverance to just keep at it from one day to the next. And uh, realizing that, you know, all of our dreams come true in steps. Hmm. One step at a time. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, um, before we get into out of body of it, body experience. I've been speaking with various people, including myself, and we've all kind of are going through the stressful, anxious feelings, and we don't know where they come from. I mean, like we can identify and then we say, I never would have been anxious or had any kind of reaction to this, but people are starting. I want to get your opinion. Where do you think this is coming from in the cosmos? Oh, the anxiety. Yes. A lot of, a lot of the anxiety right now, I think comes from the fact that there's a lot of change that has, uh, you know, gone on over the past year, year and a half. A lot of people have had to make big changes in their lives mm. with jobs, homes, um, their lives in general, uh, the uncertainties of what's happening with their financial situations, with their job situations, with the, the, uh, the health situation, with yeah. the whole coronavirus pandemic and, and how that's gonna impact the financial uh, markets and the whole economy. I think that people are touching just into that, you know, underlying consciousness of some panic that people have of, you know, where am I going to be? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to have a job in six months? You know, and a lot of that hasn't really stabled out yet for a good deal of people, you know, uh, a great many people, um, their whole lives have become less stable than they seemed to be before this happened. And so, you know, we do touch into the, that energy of what people are experiencing, you know, in the unconscious uh, stream. And <laughs> that's what happens. You know, we, we touch into what's happening to everyone. And when you realize, you know, hey, 60, 70 million people lost their jobs. Well, wow. that's a yeah. lot of people 
who have a lot of anxiety that is justified and real. And that's all entering into uh, the underlying consciousness that we all touch into. Hmm. So you've written <laughs> 104 books, 40 magazine, 18 CDs on out of body travel and comparative religious mysticism. You know, the voice of the prophets is one is uh, wisdom of the ages is one book. The Road to Armageddon, a spiritual documentary, The Mysteries of Redemption, a treaty on the out-of-body travel and mysticism. The list goes on and on. <laughs> How did you come to the outer-body experience? Was there something traumatic that happened to you? Because I know not all outer-body experiences are traumatic. People go through, you know, where the body is like, uh, I got to do something, so I'm going to let you go do something else while I work on this. Um, I've heard that some people just, they're in the right spot, um, uh, and they probably are falling asleep. And next thing you know, they're at the top of the room. <laughs> yep. Well, and you know, in my case, I had a, a really beautiful out of body experience when I was nine years old, where I was shown a beautiful vision type experience where the clouds were billowing and, and parted ways to this marble staircase up to the heavens mm. and the short version of the experience was that i was given a lot of information about my future and that there was something i had to do and that um the experience would return to me when i was older and um and i would fulfill that later and so when i was 22 i started having the experiences uh, spontaneously and I journaled them and then I just started writing and I found very quickly that the experiences were becoming a teaching they were mm -hmm. guiding me in a particular direction and uh, you know 34 years later <laughs> you know um, I guess what I would say is that I you know I've definitely discovered that um, in out-of-body travel, you know, we find that it is a tool to just about everything in terms of understanding why we're here, what we're here to accomplish, what we're here to overcome, um, the things that, you know, our soul may have wished for us to take a look at before we incarnated here, all of the things that we need to purify and undergo in this life that we had hoped to accomplish, um, you know, even the, the issues of, you know, fates and destinies and the things that we may have particular callings in are also then opened up and revealed in these experiences mm. in the out-of-body travel experience. Many people think of the out-of-body travel experience in that very limited way of, oh, I got out of my body and I was up at the ceiling. That's just the beginning. That's just the very, very beginning. And it, what you'll find when you read my books is that uh, you quickly move into this very intensive spiritual training, this mystical training where you are learning more about the mysteries of life and the reasons and the, all, of the, all of the reasons behind why we're here and what we are to accomplish while we're here. You go into the initiations into the mysteries, the rites of passage. You learn about your past existences, reincarnation and karma. You learn about spiritual warfare, angels and demons. You travel through heavens, hells and purgatories. You learn how you actually can become of service to other souls in all these worlds, including our own here, but you also learn how to identify within yourself those fetters, those things that are holding you back from spiritual progress in this life and have held you back in previous lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is the out-of-body travel experience becomes this tool that allows um, each of us to uncover and literally really speed up and accelerate our spiritual 
progression. And the reason why is because as you go into these states and enter into what I call the energetic truth of ourselves and of all things, we become capable of altering those things within ourselves hmm. and within our world in a way that was previously not available to us. Uh, you know, I, I study this stuff lightly. And one thing that came to me is when you escape this dimension, because that's really what it is. We are in a dimension of reality that you can come across some of the things that we experience here, which is good and evil. Right. And if you're not knowledged in these differences, you may succumb to one or the other, or you may succumb to something that you hadn't anticipated. Is, is that a valid situation? Well, the spiritual warfare is definitely an absolute, that's an absolute thing in out-of-body travel and experiences. And uh, one of the things you'll learn about when you're reading my books is how do you discern these paths and um, how do you uh, traverse and deal with these types of experiences? But yes, it is part of it and it is a necessary part of the journey because um, and this question, you know, kind of forebodes the bigger question, which is, okay, so where are we and why are we here, yeah. you know, in this third dimension and fourth dimension, which is where we are in the realm of earth, we are in what are called the mortal realms. And in these mortal realms, this is the places where the battles between good and evil do rage. And this is where we are called to experience purification of our souls. Now, you know, we have, there are lower realms in the realms of one and two, which are the evil realms, the darker realms, dominant darkness, things like this. And then there are high, higher realms, you know, realms five and above can go from varying levels of light to increasing gradations of light as yeah. you continue to travel higher. And so what we find is that we absolutely have to deal with that good and evil within ourselves and all around us. And that is actually the essence of our journey here on this earth. But just to, just to make it clear, you know, this earth is not the only mortal realm like this, you know, in the spectrum of existence, you know, we have heavens, yeah. hell, and we have purgatories where the earth would fit in that spectrum. It would be considered a purgatorial realm. <laughs> and there are many, many purgatorial realms, not just here. So there are many other ways that souls can experience a purgatorial experience that may not necessarily always be here on earth. So you see that it is much bigger and vaster of an understanding <laughs> than, you know, just meets the eye. You have to understand that eye has not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And this is very literally true. When you cross into these other spheres, you very quickly start learning how vast this beautiful cosmos that God has created is and how big it is that it is so much more than we can fathom as human beings. And so part of what we're doing is we are plotting out a map for ourselves so that we can start learning of where we need to go in order to learn these things, in order to undergo these purifications, and in order to learn how to go through the initiations that will eventually help us to graduate from this type of realm of existence. Hmm. Because that is one of the problems that we see in these cyclical types of existential realms is people get stuck in these places. <laughs> I believe it. I can, I, you know, because if you think about it, um, let's just go binary. Okay. So I get born onto this planet as Emmett, right? 
Yep. That's one existence. That's one brown-skinned, cisgender male, to put a thing on it, experience, right? And then mm-hmm. I travel out and I go, I got to go back. Got to go back to school. And then I come as a Anglo female, cisgender female. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I come back. Oh, all right. I am an Asian uh, transgender person. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of experiences and they're going to be very different. We're just talking about body types or, or phenoms, right? But then right, you get and right into now exp- you're talking about um, some very limited things in terms of let's look at what things people actually will need to experience. So, for instance, people are going to experience being rich. They're going to experience being poor. People are going to experience being healthy, and they're going to experience being very ill. People are going to experience these extremes of existence so they're going to experience being very good at certain things in one life they might have affinities towards science and then in another life they may find that they have an affinity towards writing for instance Mm -hmm. or they may be good at speaking we're going to have experience across the um, spectrum of experience and existence so we will uh you know we we may go and become an aborigine in one life and then experience uh, being uh, an aristocratic British person in another, you know, where we're going to have these very different types of uh, consciousness experience that will educate the whole soul. And so, you know, it's these things like um, experiencing what it's like to have chronic illness or what it's like to be unusually healthy, or even like, uh, you know, it's the time of the Olympics for the people who have these unusual physical gifts who are very focused and disciplined. You know, so these people have a unique experiential thing that they have come in to do as well. Hmm. Because even the physical gifts that they have of this excellence in their physical training is one of these types of things but you see how we go from one spectrum to another we'll experience lifetimes where we live a short life and lifetimes where we live very long but we will experience lifetimes you see what i'm saying yeah i mean i I was grandchildren then we have lifetimes where we don't have we're childless and we're doing a completely different thing you see yeah i was just thinking in simplest terms, you know, just to paint the picture, but you expanded <laughs> on that. <laughs> and, and I was, you know, I, I look at this, I look at my own life and say, what could this have been? I mean, if, and for me, it, it could have been like one cell different and I could have been something totally different or, you know, or did we start off as primordial? primordial? Did we start off as a, one, you know, if you think about the expanse of time, because we really don't have a concept of it because we only start writing like, you know, really getting stuff like 2000 years ago. If you start off as a single cell, then you start off as, you know, uh, a multi-cell and then you were aquatic or, you know, through the progression. If you think about that, the, the people that are on earth, we could be here. This earth could be just, so old and we could just ah oh, go into the future but i'm digressing I, I i'm rambling um you've made your books and films available for free download to everyone in the world what motivated you to do that i had a really beautiful experience in 2003 when i founded the foundation where i was in this beautiful uh light filled building in a city of light in the sky and I was surrounded by the prophets saints mystics sages ascetics and all these holy people from all of these world religions and traditions and cultures from around the world and they told me that I needed to do that Hmm. and they gave me specific parameters of how to do this that it was very important that we reduce spiritual hunger worldwide and you know the 
the idea for the um, for our mission of reducing spiritual hunger came from Mother Teresa because she had said that the spiritual hunger that she saw in the West was so much more severe than the physical hunger that she saw in the East. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, well, I guess we need to do something about that, you know? And so when I got this directive in this beautiful experience where these beautiful, uh, wonderful masters and prophets were telling me that it had to be done this way, um, I learned how to do it. And it was hard back then because we were still on dial-up. What year was it, this? Yeah, that was dial-up. No, and what year was it? 2003. Oh, yeah. And, um, and it was difficult because I had to figure out how to make it work with bigger files. They were big files at the time. They're not big now, but at the time, it was difficult to yeah. find a way to make them all download, you know, with the, the type of technology we had at the time. So it was challenging, but we did it. You right. know what I mean? And, you know, so ironically, as a lot of the, the things that I have done with the foundation, it's usually given through divine guidance. And oh. that was one of them as well. So, and that is the Out of Body Travel Foundation located at outofbodytravel.org. Now, what's mm -hmm. your most recent projects that you've been working on? Well, we just released a film called How to Have an Out-of-Body Experience, which people are enjoying. Also, we have a few new books out. I just released The Lord of the Redemption. Um, uh, also, Dialogues with the Mystic 1 and 2 have been released recently. I'm working on another uh, sequel in the redemption series the lord of the redemption was the third in that series i'm working on the fourth which will be the aliens of the redemption so in the redemption series we have the limb of the redemption the christ of the redemption the lord of the redemption and then the aliens of the redemption so a little twist there for everyone yeah. and <laughs> and um, we have a film that we are um, just about ready to release which is about becoming a deeper mystic. It'll be called the Tao of Mysticism. That'll be coming out probably in September. And, um, and we have quite a few other projects that are underway, some of which we can't announce as of yet, but mm. uh, they are going to be exciting. So when we're ready to announce, we will be letting people know. <laughs> Can anybody have an out-of-body experience? It seems like most people are able to do this. And one of the things I like to remind people of is that the majority of people do have these experiences unconsciously when they're sleeping at night, which means they're not, they're not consciously aware of them. Hmm. So it's something that's blocked from their conscious memory. So when you're talking about what, can they have these experiences, it's more of can they become conscious of them? Yeah. Right. And so most people can do that. There are some situations where you don't recommend it. And that would be people who have had a lot of um, bad experiences with dark or demonic things or situations that would be a, 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 you know, a negative factor where ha they want to keep those psychic things closed. Mm. And there are situations like that. Um, <clears throat> what I do find is that um, a lot of people who will read the Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism, will find that they will start spontaneously having experiences. Oh. And I think part of the reason for that, I was told that that would happen by the spiritual teachers who helped me to write it. But um, I think part of just, you know, the nuts and bolts of it is that what happens is people are having this world opened up to them uh, and they're seeing it. They're realizing it's there. The map is kind of being laid out for them. And so it becomes a possibility in their minds and it makes it less uh, threatening and people become uh, much more comfortable with it. And so it works its way through the levels of consciousness and naturally kind of amends to 
the experience when people are actively seeking it in that way. You know, there was a question that, that came to mind as we were um, conversing. I've had sleep paralysis where I'm sleep, I wake up, but I cannot move. Yep. <laughs> and some weird <laughs> stuff is going on and I'm kind of freaked out because I'm like, I can't move. I can't wake up. Like I'm thinking to myself, I can't wake up. And like my eyes may be partially open or they may be, sometimes they were closed and I could see the room. Yep. But it freaked me out. <laughs> It's, and it usually happens about the four o'clock hour because I used to get off work and I would take a nap. And that's a, it's usually in the daytime that I have these sleep paralysis moments that, and they're infrequent, like every couple of years I'll have one. And it's usually when I'm by myself, like no one yeah. else is around and I'm stuck. <laughs> is that, is that something similar? Well, sleep paralysis is often, uh, one of the stages that people will experience in out-of-body travel. And so when people are entering into the state that they go into, usually in the vibrational state, right before they're going to exit their body, they may enter into a sleep paralysis state. I hear this all the time. It's very common. Um, and yes, at that point, you do you know, you do lose your ability to respond. And so, um, and so a lot of people have that reaction of freaking out by it. <laughs> but the reality is that this is actually something that you don't need to be um, so worried about because it's actually an indication that your consciousness, your level of your consciousness is reaching a depth that is actually getting you close to being ready to have an out-of-body experience, you know? Um, so it's actually a good sign for someone who's interested in having one. Yeah. Um, for those who may not be interested in having one, you know, don't worry about that either because you don't have to do that as well. But it is part of that process because there is a vibrational state that you go into when you are, this vibrational state occurs when the, when the practitioner is trying to go into a deeper and deeper meditative state. And what happens is the consciousness, your conscious mind detaches from the physical vibration and it then reattaches to the spiritual vibration hmm. and then all of a sudden you feel like you're vibrating really fast sometimes you hear these loud noises and that's because the spiritual body vibrates at a much higher vibration than the physical body the noises of the astral plane are often very much like a very loud jet engine a lot of times you may hear voices and that's normal because you're hearing the, the thoughts of humanity in the astral plane. Kind of like is, Superman. <laughs> yeah, I guess he hears those too. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, so you, you hear those kinds of things. And these are all part and parcel of the out-of-body experience. So those are all very normal. And so when someone is going into sleep paralysis, that's about where they are. They're in, entering into or coming out of a vibrational state, whether they're aware of the vibration or not, isn't relevant, but that's usually about generally where that sleep paralysis will occur. You've been out of this realm. Why do we on this plane have so many interpretations of God? Well, because we have so many people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and this is what, this is what I surmised on my own. I said, if, you know, we didn't have telephones, we didn't have all this stuff. and We were kind of disconnected. You have people in the Americas, you have people in Africa, you have people in Europe, in Asia, wherever, right? And whatever they experienced spiritually, that's how they interpreted it. And that became their religion. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just means that's their experience. But, you know, with colonization, which makes me kind of, weird because colonization forced a view on a large population of the world. Said, this is it. This is all there is. If you don't like it, 
you're going to die. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot there in what you just said. I'd love to comment on. I mean, sure. a lot of good thoughts there. You know, um, first of all, just going back to, you know, God speaks to all of his children, no matter where they are in the world. Hmm. And so we see, you know, one of the books I wrote is called Near Death and Out-of-Body Experiences, Auspicious Births and Deaths of the Prophets, Saints, Mystics, and Sages in World Religions. That's and one title? Of, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's the whole thing with the <laughs> subtitle and all. Sorry about that one. Most of them weren't that long, but I did get carried away on that one. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but this one, the point of this book was to capture the moment of revelation that led to the birth of all of these religions across the world to remind us that, you know, religions were born of a great out-of-body experience, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, and that's what you'll find when you look in this book, you see the great moment of revelation that occurred to Zarathustra, to Christ, to Krishna, to, you know, Muhammad, to all of them. And then you can actually compare and contrast all of these things with all of the prophets, but also with the saints of these religions, these great moments of revelation. But what we're also kind of missing in this is some of the things that we take for granted. Like, for instance, if you go back to Stone Age religion, mm -hmm. we find that in terms of all the shamanistic religions and the witch doctors, ironically, you know, not saying that I'm proposing everyone go out and do witch doctoring because it's not a good thing. But, but what you'll find is if you look at Stone Age religion and those practices and you go from New Zealand, Hawaii, United States, Australia, Tibet, um, all over the world, everywhere, South America, North America, everywhere, you'll find that there is a similarity in the ways that the shamans practiced their shamanism. Yeah. What does that tell us? Well, tells me, this is what it tells me, tells me that they're all tuning into this one divine source, which we all touch into in the spiritual worlds. And so it didn't matter that they, you know, some of them were in New Zealand and some of them were, you know, in Hawaii. Right. Um, or in uh, Nepal, it's that they were touching into the same spiritual source. We also find that when you read the writings, you know, so let's say you're comparing the theological texts with um, the different religions. That's one thing. And there are many differences, right? Uh, but there's also similarities, but there's also many differences. But when you go to the actual mystics, so let's say Rumi, who is a Sufi mystic, which is what? An Islamic mystic. Rumi, you know, from Afghanistan, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who's considered the most beloved poet in the history of the world. Um, and you have this, and then you have all these other mystics. So you have these uh, Catholic mystics who have a specific experience of their faith, but you have these Sufi mystics, you have Kabbalistic mystics, you have the Hindu mystics, the Buddhist mystics, um, and there are, you know, many others as well, because we have different cultures and tribal mystics that we can compare. Yeah. But when you actually look at what they experienced and talked about, they, when you talk about the mystics, they are much more in agreement than, uh, than they are not in agreement. Why is that? My view on that would be that because they are touching into the same consciousness of God and they're seeing this same thing that I have seen, which is that in this consciousness that we experience as God, there is this unity, this unification where all these things that seem to be uh, divisions on the ground, in the physical world, in the out-of-body travel experience, 
the mystical state, we see a different view. It's a higher frequency, a higher vibrational understanding of these things, which the mystics saw, which showed us that we are a lot closer than we are apart in our views, in our experiences. I believe that. So, do you, all right, I'm going to really diverge here. I'm going to go okay. left, <laughs> left freaking field, Tesla. So Tesla was, you know, Tesla was this mind who would create things in his head and test them in his head to work out the bugs. And he also came out with the mathematical relationship between three, six and nine. Mm -hmm. And we're only just now <laughs> starting to go, oh, we should have paid attention. <laughs> what do you think about Tesla? Well, I think that Tesla was a mystic. <laughs> and, um, you know, so here's something. Let me just throw a shout out to the Ascension Chamber here in Phoenix, which I visited just in the last few months. And um, uh, I've talked about on my channel where they are using the, the technologies of Tesla, the Tesla coils and all these things. They've created this uh, chair where they are uh, using Tesla technologies and other scientific modalities to help people to achieve out-of-body experiences. Mm. They're doing that right here in Phoenix. It's called the Ascension Chamber. Um, but yes, you know, it's funny how people don't realize or don't think about that, you know, the, the scientific discoveries, the great scientific discoveries, you know, Einstein himself spoke very openly that the theory of relativity came to him in a dream. And he spoke very often about the beliefs that he held about mysticism and about the importance of his own dream world in his scientific discovery. Tesla was also one of those who spoke openly about that. And so there are a lot of scientific discoveries that come from uh, these spheres, sometimes those who receive them are aware of it, and sometimes they are not. But just like you see even in art, whether yeah. it is painting and music, you know, music and art comes from these higher realms. And one of the things I was shown early on in my experiences was these creative realms and this beautiful place called the Warehouse of Dreams where I was shown all of these paintings, musical scores, books, poetry, and all of these um, discoveries that were waiting to be brought into the physical world by those who had agreed to bring it in during their physical life, but had not yet done so. You know, I, now that you're saying that, you know, uh, let me get this right. <laughs> because to me, we're, we're in a cultural freedom, but we're also in a cultural void as far as art. Because, and I'm going to say it like this. So we've relied on the electron manipulation of the electron to get us where we need to be. Versus when you go back, uh, let's say 30 years. A human had to interact with tactile thing to create a sound that was in their head. And that seemed to go over more. Because, and the reason I'm saying this is you and I probably remember a time when a song came out and the globe loved it. Yep. I mean, just think about any Michael Jackson song. <laughs> I was thinking of Michael Jackson when you said that. Or Prince. <laughs> and they made, and you could tell these people were tapped in. Mm -hmm. But you don't have that today. Um, what's your take? Um, because I can talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we do have people who are tapped in we may not be as aware of those who are, but you know, um, ironically, since you brought it up, I'm just going to bring it up. You know, I had written a series of three books. 
at the time of Michael Jackson's passing. I don't know if you saw those. Michael Jackson, the afterlife experiences. And I was very honored that he came to me on the night of his death and uh, asked me to, you know, to record his afterlife journey. And I was very hesitant to do so. (laughs) And I told him, I will pray and ask the Lord you know, if yeah. that is his will, not just yours, Michael, right. you know, cause I was like, you know, let's just make sure we're not doing anything weird here. But anyway, it turned into a, a trilogy. And um, among the experiences that I'm thinking of when, when you bring this up are some of the beautiful things that I was allowed to see with him about the realms of creation that he worked with musically where music came from Hmm. and he took me to these places and I got to see and hear you know the angels singing and also one of the things that he was now doing in his afterlife was he was working in a realm with ancient sacred texts and putting them to music isn't that beautiful wow go Mike (laughs) yes it was beautiful and um And so we do still have this. It's probably not as obvious because we do, because of the advent of the internet and all the technology we have, there are many, many more artists and people that are bringing stuff to the fore. And so we may not be as aware of those people when they come in, but it doesn't mean they're not out there working. You know what I mean? They might just be out there just trudging away one step at a time, one day at a time and bringing that into this realm. And, you know, ironically, too, um, I had been instigated in the very beginning to write down music that I would hear in the out-of-body travel states. And then I would write, produce and record them. And I have a five CD hymnal that you can listen to on our YouTube channel. And then if you want it on CD, you can also get it there, but you can listen to it freely. And it has about a hundred different songs and pieces of music that I brought in from the other spheres in out-of-body travel states. But this shows you in just a small way how this occurs. And I remember having this wonderful, beautiful vision about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago about how this works with science and technology as well. And, you know, just because I'm not a science and technology person myself, they needed to show me that, that we would be having more and more people who would be coming in, who would be receiving impetus from the spiritual realms regarding science in relation to space travel mm. and in terms of other types of scientific discoveries that were going to be necessary for us to move into the next era of humankind. <laughs> and so we forget that it goes across the board. So when we're looking at a person who studies medicine and creates new medicines for cancer patients, we can't assume that they're not receiving divine guidance uh. on those creations. We never know for sure, you know. Um, And this happens with all of us in our individual vocations. You don't have to be an artist of any kind to receive this. It can be even if you are a bookkeeper or you do math, you know, all of the gifts that we have are given from the divine. And so we should not forget that there is a certain energizing that goes on where we do receive impetus. How do you ask for it? You can simply just, you know, when you're, when you're having your daily chat with God, you know, ask, ask him, you know, asking you shall receive simple as that, you know, ask that, um, you know, Lord, if you can, please send me the assistance that will help me to enhance the gifts that you have given me and to improve and fructify, enliven, and bring about the highest expression of the gifts that you have placed upon my soul to bring into this world during my life. You know, 
or something even simpler, you know, help me out with this, God. So, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, whenever I ask for something, I ask for it so that I can be a beacon of light for you and that I can be a value to others so that they will see the light that you've given me. Yes, that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, yeah, I, so I do this. We frequently. ask to be of service to one another, you know, because in every way and shape and form, that is how we're doing, because everything that we do is to operate as an exchange to one another, you know, so creation continues to create and we all continue to serve creation with our gifts, whatever they may be, you know, and no gift is too small. You know, we do have a tendency as human beings to think, well, you know, what I'm doing just isn't that big a deal or it's not that important. No gift is too small. We forget how important uh, everything is, everything, the smallest of things that we have to do. Um, and so it's important to value the talents that we have been given, no matter how humble they might be. All right. All right. What is the mission of the Outer, Outer Body Travel Foundation? Well, the mission of the Out of Body Travel Foundation is to reduce spiritual hunger worldwide and when possible, reduce physical hunger worldwide too. We, we do uh, try to uh, raise money for uh, charitable projects um, as we can. We have uh, done that with a lot of different kinds of projects around the world, mostly with housing, uh, wells, and um, sanitation projects. Right now, we have uh, we're raising money for the Foundation for Children in Need in India um, for sponsorships. Um, you know, we've actually got well over well over fifteen children that we sponsored from the time they were small children through graduation wow. as a, as adults, where now they're able to take care of their whole family and get their whole family out of poverty. And so I really like what the Foundation for Children in Need does. We're also helping a family in Venezuela who's suffering under the uh, oppressive regime oh. of Maduro, yeah. you know, and so we're doing that as well. And then, um, but our primary mission is to uh, provide the, the materials that people will benefit from to enliven and really accelerate their spiritual journey to get them on track with what they're here to do, what, what, uh, what is the purpose and mission of their life, and uh, finding that, that point of contact between them and God, and what it is that is going to give them that purpose that makes them want to keep going forward, and helps them to um, you know, to get off that cycle of feeling like I don't really know what I'm doing here, you know, <laughs> I'm wasting time, you know, where, where they, they get in touch with that purpose, okay. they get in touch with it. And then they just start flying, you know, because it's once you, once you connect to it, then, um, there's no limit, you know? So how can people find you? They can find us at outofbodytravel.org. And we have a YouTube channel. And we'd love to ask you all to subscribe and become members if you're able. Um, we also have, you know, there you can download all of our books for free. Um, you can watch all of our films for free at the YouTube channel. We also have a Rumble channel and other channels there. We have all our books available in paperback on Audible and um, electronic as well. We have a free course of study you can take. We also have our courses available now on Udemy. So you can take um, deeper classes on Udemy. And, um, you know, there's a lot there at the site. You can listen to hundreds of interviews that I've done over the last, uh, you know, since 1992, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can start there and you can learn a lot just from uh, listening to all of the appearances and stuff that I've done over the years, okay. you know? Well, <laughs> I could talk to you for days, not just hours. I could talk to you for days because you're my kind of people, 
but I want to thank you so much for being on the Billionaire Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you for having me. It was great to meet you, Emmett. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, you are a billionaire. So there was a woman, and I'm just going to use this because this is historical context that we can all identify with. There was a woman, and she met a man, and here's the thing when you women are so awesome that when you give them something they make something they create so if you give a woman a house she makes it into your home if you give a woman food she makes a meal that will sustain you if you give a woman a small 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 part of yourself she will replicate the both of you in your union that's where you started and in that replication, when two became four, four became eight, eight became 16, at the 30-day mark, you were a billion cells and you hadn't hit the planet yet. Think about it. So you are a billionaire. You're in the, it's untold numbers, just in your gut flora. And what we have to do is we have a mission, as you've listened to here. We have a mission to accomplish when we get here. And you have to find that mission because there is so much noise that sometimes you have to clean your glasses off. I'm speaking metaphorically, of course, but you have to clean your glasses off. And the one thing that bonds this all together is love. This, this, and when I say love, no matter where it is, everybody knows what I'm talking about. So you have to love yourself first because if you can't love yourself, you're gonna be selfish and then you're not gonna be good to anyone, good to the community. How do you do that? When you get out the shower, your butt booty naked, drop your towel, leave it there, walk up to the mirror, look at the jiggly parts, look at the moles, the wrinkles, all that's you. We cannot replicate that in a lab. That is you. Get close to the mirror and buck your eyes and get close and look at your eye because it's the iris I want you to pay attention to. The iris kind of looks like nebulae in the sky as above, so below. And if you start out way out in that nebulae in the sky and you drill yourself down, it gets really fractal. First you see a solar system, and then you come down and you see a planet, then you see a human, then you go into the human and you start to see cells, and then you see the molecules that look like a universe, and then you get down and down. It's fractal. Everything is connected. But when you meet another individual with a nebulae in their eye, like the one in the sky, like you have, treat them with love, honor, and respect. Till next time, love you all. Deuces.